No one will be admitted after the guests check in. We're recording! And as I far as our listeners know, you're dead. Yeah. Enjoy. Love you. Love you, babe. Anyway, welcome to Motel Hell. Hi. Hey. Hey. So, is this your first time on a podcast? Uh, what's a podcast? You've just been feeding me drinks and cocaine for the last four hours. Jokes on you. That was actually heroin. Oh, no. I'm the one who does the intros around here. Welcome to Motel Hell. My name is Ben the Beardo. I am Dick the Fetty. That's true. You are Dick the Fetty. Now, I want to point out that I already did the intro, and my version was better than the version you just did. Was it? Yeah. We'll let the comments argue it out on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Our high Which ranking. is definitely coming, and if it doesn't, you can blame Dick Fetty. Yeah, it's my fault for not overseeing our media empire more thoroughly with more, with more with more attention to detail. I'm really dropping the balls. Get a job, man. Yeah, you you're right. Get a job. You're right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, it's uh good that we're actually recording normal times again. You yeah. know, this will be four episodes in a row on time. Yep. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, you guys have... It, it seems like there's been less listeners. That's on you guys. So um, I need you to go out, grab your friend's phones, force them to download this app or just whatever tell them app. To, just tell them to just, just subscribe when they're not yeah. looking. Yeah. Well, make sure they listen to it, too. And also make a bunch of dummy accounts and give us good reviews. Yeah. As many, as many fake SoundCloud accounts with Russian girls in the pictures as possible... And then also uh, marginally racist names for iTunes user account reviews. That would be ideal. That really, our algorithm is essentially based on the amount of acceptable racism and uh, apparently incel-related things we can talk about. And our best episodes are basically just us doing Chinese accents and talking about Elliot Rogers. So I don't know what that says about you guys. That's but true, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, you know, so we're going to try to provide the content you need, but we need to get the feedback that that we need so that we can be in a sort of uh, cycle of pain. And and let us know, you know, if most of you guys stop listening because we no longer have a attractive female co-host, if we should get a new attractive female co-host, and if you're an attractive female co-host with loose morals... And um, things of that ilk, let us know. We'll bring you on the podcast. Yeah, we, we're, we're thinking either cosplayer, goth girl, rivet head, or rivet head cosplayer. I don't think we can do steampunk. I just feel like they're not, it's not our demographic. We don't need an English accent on the podcast. Yeah, we've already got our own accents. Yeah. But yeah, if you or your friend are cute and or buxomy, then I'd say send us a tipic, send us a message, DM me. Uh, you know, you can reach me at Cochleomia Homnivorax on Instagram. So try to fucking spell that. Yeah, go for it. 
Anyway, this is gonna hit big. This we opened super misogynistic, so yeah. this is gonna hit. Real no, no, big. no. This is our core demographic. They they agree and understand. But yeah, so we are doing cursed places tonight. Very excited. Yeah. What that means? Well, we'll get into it. But before that, we're gonna do our movie, movie review. review. So tonight we did the. I, I always say seminal, so I'm gonna say classic, quintessential. Uh, it's a mixture of 90s nostalgia meets mandatory must-see. The 1993 Jubei, the Wind Ninja, or as it's really known, Ninja, Ninja Scroll. Scroll. Yeah. So, yeah, if you've ever watched anime, then you've probably seen Ninja Scroll, because if you haven't seen Ninja Scroll and you watch anime, you're a fucking idiot. Let me just start off by saying that. I, I'm going to stand by that opinion. I don't Dick Fetty is talking directly to the weebs who only watch Slice, Slice of Life and sport animes. Yeah. You're not you're anime fans. Up. Yeah. If, if you were born in the five to ten years before us and maybe the three to four after, because we were like kind of on the tail end of this era. We, all, we had Blockbuster. Yeah. Well, not just that, but, but we were on the young side because by the time, figure by the time... We should have been watching this. Blockbuster was gone. And then for a while, all this stuff was out of print. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Ninja Scroll is another film by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who we've discussed... How many times now? Two, three times. We, we did Demon City, Shinjuku, Wicked City, Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. So three times. And I guess we've mentioned Ninja Scroll on every occasion, because how do you not... I'm pretty sure there's an episode where we just, for about five minutes, talked about how we should watch Ninja Scroll... Yeah, that sounds about right. But it was originally released in 1993 in Japan. It was dubbed for U.S. audiences in or and European audiences in 1995 and released via MangaCore. If you ever saw a video that was put out by MangaCore, which if you watched anime in the 90s, then you that was pretty yeah. much what you were watching. It was that and Urban Vision and, I guess, Funimation on the tail end. Um, but they always had this sick fucking trailer reel, and we've talked about this too, but it had KMFDMs. Oh, fuck. Was it... Is it Spite? Oh, I can't think of the name of the song, but it's off of uh, Knee Hill, and it's like... Uh, something about burning fire. Yeah, it's really, like... It's real cool. And they had... It's a, and they got the wings of Hamane and uh, Ninja Scroll and Ghost in the Shell and uh, Super Fortress Maycross and Maycross 2 Lovers Again and Gotcha Man, and Devil Man, and they have, like, all the like most violent animes and all the clips, and they're going back and forth, and you're just like, oh, shit! There's boobies, there's blood, there's Oh, yeah, action. we should probably talk about the movie itself, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm just talking about all of them. Well, no, I know, that it was the golden era, yeah. so it was, like, the 90s was when anime was bad, for bad kids. Anime schlock. Yeah, all the... Well, but it was... Some of it was kind of schlocky, but, like, also, it was, like, also the era when all the hyper-violent, like, uh, the Overfiend and, um, there's another one, like, Cyber, not Cyber City, but Hell, there's a bunch of them, like, uh, Angel Cop and all those, like, hyper-violent, Manga Core took, like, the best version of Crying this. Crying Freeman. Yeah, which was Ninja Scroll, um, and Ghost in the Shell, but they also took the dregs of, like, just the, especially Urban Vision was big on that, where... It was just a ton of stuff that um, was super violent and super stylized, lacked for plot, but made up for it in tits, like generally some kind of graphic sexual stuff happening. A lot of like demons banging ladies, yeah. a lot of blue girl influence stuff, and like tons of dismemberments, 
Generally, everybody dies. Heroes as stoic as possible. Rain, blood, just coming down. Yeah. It was that good shit. And Ninja Scroll is like the, the film uh, that typifies that whole thing. And basically, it's the story of this badass... It's not even a ronin. He's like just sort of a... I, I mean, I guess he's he's a ninja. They call him a ninja. Yeah, so he's a ninja for hire. And he crosses paths with the eight devils of Kimon. And... Uh, bad things happen. It's so cool because it's basically like, what's what's the what's the age after Shonen? What do you mean? Like as far as target audience, this is so this is like for kids who are older than are reading like you know your basic I Shonen don't, stuff. I don't. Well, Shonen's like more of a genre than age requirement, but well, um, but it's both. I mean, the yeah. you know stuff that falls in that range is like from like ten to fifteen, and this is like fifteen to eighteen. But of course, if you're ten, you want to see it because it got titties in the violence. Um, but this was basically in the '90s when that OVA era really blew up from like late '80s to like late '90s, where they just kept making more and more films and like short series and all that kind of stuff for older teenage boys that had increasing levels of violence, sexual violence, and um, violent sexuality, so, you know. Which is funny, because their censorship laws on actual violence are so crazy, but we can show titty. Yeah, so yeah, it was, again, I just feel like I'm repeating myself, but, oh, the the cool thing, one of the many cool things about the film are the eight demons, who are essentially like eight different bosses of a video game, like each each demon ninja has their own special power, and they do different cool stuff, and it's got it's a, a pretty high budget for the film, so the animations generally saw they use some cheats, there's some repeat shots and yeah. a lot of that strobe effect during motion sequences, but I like that. It's and all that, like, like heat effect, yeah. It's but I mean all in all it's good and it's definitely one of those uh animes that completely influenced a lot of just ninja animes in general to come forth after it. And I mean, I was talking to you about it while we were watching it. Because I've seen some footage and watched some like story trailers and stuff for uh, Sekiro, and I would not be surprised if Miyazaki came out and was like, "Yeah, I just wanted to make a Ninja Scroll game, really. Like, you yeah. know, I did a, I did a bunch of other like, I did like a spooky game where it was like a bunch of Lovecraftian monsters, and I essentially you did this dark fantasy, yeah." Not not related to Kanye, but no, no, not at all. But like you know, he did his like Berserk one. Yeah, he, you know, yeah, yeah. I would yeah. not be surprised if he got his dick hard for Ninja Scroll, because yeah. even the ninja that's in Ninja Scroll doesn't dress like he doesn't wear like the all black or anything. He doesn't wear any of the headbands or nothing. He's just a swordsman. Yeah, he's just a master swordsman who's too cool for school, and he gets involved with a woman who's. Literally poisonous to the touch and taste. That girl is poison. Yeah, yeah. Just like that 90s R&B song? 90s. I just 90s. know it's about a venereal disease. Yeah, well, anyway, it's great. She's got them. And she's essentially, like, I think the movie's metaphor for super AIDS or space AIDS. I can't really remember. I have to go back and listen to the director's commentary again. Uh, and then there's a creepy old dude who's a bit of a lech, although not as much as his old dudes, like the guy in he's Wicked City. Yeah, he's not like super perfect. Which I was very surprised yeah. about. Usually old men in all anime are perfect. Yeah, yeah. He was, there was a little, there was a little, but not, not, it was nothing re not that really. would register. It was, it was more, did you fuck her? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much it. But from my perspective, you know, yeah, you can watch Miyazaki, or, I mean, even Ghost in the Shell. Like, there are anime that, films that, 
evoke more than just like this is so rad like you know that it can evoke thought and emotion and and all that shit and that's cool and stuff that's not ninja scroll no that's not ninja scroll but i guess more importantly to me it's not just nostalgia watching it again for what's probably like somewhere between the 20th and 30th time I just like, I like my pleasures, you know, and I am never going to not enjoy, like, there are days I'm not in the mood to watch Ghost in the Shell, like, and I've heard the, the, the this psychological and philosophical diatribes in that film so many times, like, I love that stuff and I really adore it and all that, but, like, Ninja Scroll will always be welcome, like, there will never be a time, maybe Funeral is not the right place to watch it, but, like, other than that, and maybe it would be more awesome, I just can't imagine not ever wanting to watch Ninja Scroll. It fucking rules. Yeah, I mean, it's a very stripped-down story. There's not really much in lieu of any... Straight action. Ro ...romance or anything. It's There's this war happening. Not this guy... Well, it's like a kind of like it's an a underground war. Yeah, it's, it's, war. it's a build-up to a rebellion. So, you know, guy gets dragged into it because he's a really good swordsman, gets kind of tricked into it and blackmailed into it, what have you. And, you know, there happens to be a sexy lady and they, like, fall in love, but, like, there's really no chemistry... On like yeah. I get well I guess they fight a lot which in a lot of animes uh, yeah. means that they want to fuck yeah well and there's you know it's very much got a lot of like Japanese sort of cultural norms are not they're not reevaluated they're just like I guess adhered to in the sense of it's all honor driven and it's like everything's tragic in the sense of like nothing nothing good happens to anybody anybody who's honorable gets got like. But it doesn't even focus on any of that. It's just an action film, essentially, that's animated. But as a result, and we've talked about this before, I'll end with this, at least as far as my part goes. There is a scene early on where one of the demons rips a dude's arms off and then holds the arms above his head and guzzles the blood in front of that guy's girlfriend. And that's... Like, probably my favorite scene in any anime ever. Like, I know that the any ghost... anime ever? Yes. I know that the Ghost in the Shell scene where she, like, rips her own arms off trying to get in the tank is super famous and they've redone it in every version of Ghost in the Shell and whatever. I don't care. When I think of anime, I think of that demon looking with his... Like, he looks to the side at her as she's recoiling in horror, crawling away on her hands and knees on the ground as he guzzles blood, and I'm like, this is, this is like what, this is everything I've ever Stone wanted. Stone man do bad things. Yeah, yeah. Take Freddy like. Yeah, no, so, five out of five, I have to say nothing more. It is... I agree. This is a, this is a pretty flawless movie. There's not much to want for it. It's only an hour and 36 minutes long, yeah. you know? So, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's on Hulu. Yeah, you it's can probably watch on, it on other Hulu. stuff right now. I think it's on and it's also anime, so mm. you can go somewhere on the internet and watch it for free. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where, honestly, if you have to pirate it, do it. I know that they finally released a new DVD cut, um, or it's not even a new cut, but they finally released a new Blu-ray, rather, because it was out of print for a while and super expensive, like all the good manga core stuff, a lot of licensing issues with Japan. Uh, so you can pick it up on a hard copy or, you know, whatever you need to do, but... If you haven't seen this and you like anime, like it's a it's a classic milestone of the era, and probably if you're listening to this and you have any interest in anime, this is like maybe the one anime you've seen along with Ghost in the Shell yeah. or Cowboy. It's Diva. got ninjas, it's got swords, it's got blood, it's awesome. Oh yeah, and okay, final final word: character design. I know I mentioned it kind of, but like the character designs are fucking sick. Visually, the film is it's 
it's the peak of this director. It's everything that he does well, and and yeah, yeah. All right, we gotta get to the yeah. episode. So let's get to the episode. All right, let's get to the episode. So, my cursed place is Palazzo Dario. Half the reason that I picked it out was because it's named Dario, like Dario Argento. Aww. Yeah. Little crush. Got a little crush crush. Yes, yes. Uh, Plaza Dario, or as I like to call it, the Big Gay Murder-Suicide Death House. Okay, okay. Uh, it's in Venice. It's between the Plaza Bar... Barbaro. I'm going to really butcher a lot of the stuff in this, because okay. it's... Italian. Okay. Before we go into further name butcherings, I just want to say quickly, so we talked about doing this, doing cursed places versus haunted places. Personally, I don't know what your experience was. I found it extremely difficult to not find the same thing. Yes, I so, agree. Um, I thought of cursed places. It's one of those where I feel like you'd really have to dig more into a local folklore of a place that goes beyond just like haunted by spirits. But well, it really is kind of... Most cursed places have a lot of death surrounding them, so they end up being haunted, being haunted yeah. with people believing they're haunted. Yeah. Uh, my issue was I, I a lot of the stories were very short. Yeah. Uh, there was there was one that I thought was very interesting. It's a castle in Scotland. Oh, I saw that one. That yeah. where, yeah, the guy had stolen... Like, I didn't even, like, see if any of this was real because I didn't research into any of it, but he stole uh, stones from, like, a church or something to build his house and then... Some deacon or some shit cursed him, and all of the things apparently happened. But um, it was very short. There wasn't much to it. wasn't much to pizzazz. But yeah, most of the stuff ends up being like, like, is haunted. I went into no ghost stuff on mine. Okay. Yeah, there's no ghost stuff in mine either. I will say that r doing research for this, I looked up a couple of different psych wards that are now abandoned, and I feel like, depending on what our listeners have interest in, we could really delve into, there's that place up in, um, uh, well, there's Trenton, but then there's the one that's somewhere in New England that's, like, super famous. I forget now. There was one, I can't Is remember the name of it. Is it, uh, anyway. Yeah, there's, like, some big famous psych wards where people were, you know, that were it's operating in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. We could really go deep there if you want to talk about cursed places, but I also kept thinking of cursed images, like memes and shit, like stupid memes yeah. of cats, and I was getting very off topic. It was hard to research. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we could do a whole episode just on uh, fucked up things that happened at certain <clears throat> psych wars. There was one up north that's torn down now because so many people were breaking in that had a whole town built around it, mm -hmm. just so everybody who worked there could also live there. And yeah. It's like prison towns. Yeah. Anyway. But off topic. Back to Italy. So, the building is between the Plazzo Barbaro Wolkoff and the Narrow Rio del Torcelle on the Grand Canal. Wow. Are you from Italy? Yes. In Venice. Which, if you didn't know, the Grand Canal is in Venice. So, for those who don't know Venice, it's a city that's it's just a series of canals. It's like all these buildings on the water, practically. Yeah, I also heard that um, that's where all their sewage goes. So it all kind of smells like shit at all times? Well, it's not at all times. I've been there. So in the summertime, in the heat, it smells pretty awful. But in the springtime, it's quite pleasant. Huh. But it's also one of the like most heavily tourist and smallest areas. It's also sinking, and there's like yeah. no, nothing they can do about that. Um, but, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's just like tons of tourist traps and tons of tourists and tons of like Nigerians hawking fake purses and it's all right. I didn't like it nearly as much as Florence and Rome, but anyway. So, just because I thought this was personally interesting, it was built with a floral Venetian Gothic style, okay, and then it was later renovated with a Renaissance style. So, I had some issue finding exact concrete details on the building, strangely enough. Sure. So, a lot of the things... because it's, it's made out of stucco. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> That's an architecture joke. Zing. So, it was probably built around 1479. Okay. And then it was remodeled in 1486 by Pietro Lombardo, who is a... was, he's dead, an Italian Renaissance sculptor and mm. architect between... He was alive from 1835 to 1515. So, like, things get kind of murky when I was trying to really delve into when it was built and when it was re- renovated, because some things say that uh, Lombardo renovated it, some things say that he had an apprentice who renovated it, and then some things say that him and his sons, or just his sons, renovated I don't fucking know. I was, I was like, nine sites deep trying to get a concrete evidence on it. Even the Wikipedia page wasn't helpful. Sure. Um... But it was named after Giovanni uh, Dario. Giovanni Dario. Now, I don't know if it was built for him. I couldn't find evidence of that either. I'm pretty sure he uh, hired Lombardo to renovate it. But I don't know if it was actually built for him. I think it was, because he's got inscriptions on the side. Grazie, Primavera. Primavera. Margarita. Giallo, giallo. Pizza, pizza. So Italy, Italy, right? We, we, yeah, I get it. Yeah, everyone's driving around on Vespas and and Ferraris and cappuccino and cappuccino. They love cappuccino. They do. But uh, Giovanni uh, Dario was secretary to the Venetian state uh, senate and like a very well-to-do merchant. So he had a shitload of money. And I found one thing that kind of stated like how he got his money and stuff. But it was on a website called ParanormalItaly.com, so I wasn't going to be like, that's concrete evidence. I'm definitely going to say that on the podcast. So I I really couldn't figure it out. But So in Venice, they also call it the house that kills. And on its facade, it says, Herbris Genio Johannes Darius, which means Giovanni Dario to the genius of the city. Uh, which can apparently be an anagram for a Latin phrase, sub runa insidiosa genera, which means I bring treacherous ruins to those who live under this roof. Um, Could be Bit an of anagram. a stretch. Yeah. Bit of a stretch. But um, that's like one of the things that's like worked into the legend. It's like, oh, well, this could also mean this, and it's ruinous and insidious and awful and evil. It's also tilted. Okay. Um, the whole building, just like the rest of Venice, is sinking. Uh, and... I'm sure we'll post it on the Instagram, but uh, Monet painted a picture of it. Oh. So you might actually see the building if you've been to Venice or seen any of uh, Monet's paintings. You might be like, oh, I kind of recognize that. <clears throat> so according to legend, almost all of the people who have owned the place or stayed in it for like a small amount of time, excuse me, either died of illness, committed suicide, were murdered, or the least worst part of it just went bankrupt just financial ruin uh every which way but the original owner giovanni dario 
I couldn't find out how he died, but apparently he just he died like normally. Everything was fine as far as his, as his death, and he left the house to his daughter Marietta and her husband uh, Vi Vincenzo Vincenzo Bar Barbaro Barbaro, who was a rich spice uh, merchant. Mm, spicy. And he would actually be the first to die. He got bankrupt. Uh, his business fell apart and everything, and then he was stabbed to death. Well, did you know that he who controls the spice controls the universe? Apparently not. If you're dead, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> Dumbass bitch. It, it's it's just it's just crazy. And we're, we're gonna get to some stuff that I think you're gonna think is fucking hilarious. But um, so after he died, a little while after that, mm. his wife committed suicide by drowning herself in the Grand Canal. Yeah, they or had, she was murdered. No, she committed suicide. Okay. Um, they had three sons, two of which both died. Well, they all die eventually. Yeah, that's true. But um, Giacomo uh, would be murdered in Crete. She was their he was their second born, and in then Crete. their first son, Crete, right? In Crete. Crete. Yeah. Yeah. Said Crete. Sorry. Just trying to help. Thank you. I Kratos. don't know. I don't know many of these pronunciations. Kratos. C R E T E. Yeah, Crete. Crete. Yeah, I, I'm not a man of the world. I've never left the country, so mm. maybe one day. And then um, Gasparo would die at the age of 18. Although Gasparo, I could not figure out how he died either. Yeah, I mean, he could have just slipped. I think a lot of this is just local legend, and there's also some things that we'll get into where famous people were involved with the property, which I think why it's perpetuated so yeah, much. Yeah, sure. Well, and every, like, locals love to have legends. They want yeah. people to come, and then they can sell them the drinking of the cursed house. Oh, it's a brick from the cursed house. Well, here's the other thing. So I'm pretty sure the state, uh, at some point, like, rented it out for, okay. like, Turkish ambassadors and stuff. Uh -huh. And on top of it, there was another owner, whose name I don't have on here, but just because she didn't die, so I didn't find all that interesting, who... Nothing bad ever happened to her. She renovated the house and everything was fine. Cool. But, um... She wasn't a knife collector like all the previous owners, so she didn't slip and fall on her knives. No, 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 no. So, uh, in the 19th century, a Armenian jeweler by the name of Arbit Abdal bought the house from the uh, Barbaro family. Barbaro. And then within a few years, he went bankrupt and was forced to sell the property for probably a pretty low price. Which is like the like outside of the desk was like this starts like the trend of people going bankrupt. Um, well, really. I just feel like buying real estate in Venice, especially a big house, is just expensive. And people that would do that in the first place, you know, if you're gonna invest in real estate that's literally sinking into the fucking ocean. Well, you know, it's a power move, and if you don't got the power, don't make the move. Well, you know if you got the power, but then you lose the power, and then you, then you got to move move on out. Buster. Then you don't have the power. Yeah. Then, and this is, <laughs> this is one of my favorite, this is my favorite thing about this whole thing. So, there's this guy, Rodden Brown, who, as far as I can tell, was a scholar and a, um, historian. One of the articles I read about the curse said he was a scientist. I couldn't find anything about him actually being a fucking well, scientist. We're all scientists. So, this seems to be complete and utter hearsay, because... This is, what, this is what I read on a few different things, that according to legend, within four years of buying the house, he went bankrupt, and then, and this is in, in you know, 1838, so they, f people in Venice found out he was gay, or like somebody found out he was gay, apparently, so 
he lost it, and him and his partner committed suicide, or he killed his partner and then committed suicide, like a murder-suicide thing. Mm-hmm. So that's all well and good. Talking about but, my breakup strategy right yeah. there. But the guy is famous enough to have his own Wikipedia article, okay. unlike a bunch of the other people on here. And according to the Wikipedia article on him, and literally everywhere else on the internet, in 1852, he moved out of the house and then died somewhere else in Venice sure. in 1883. Oh, yeah. So, like, already... 30 years later. <laughs> after this legend is being cut to ribbons. Some say he's still gay to this day. Boy, he's dead. Yeah, but he's gay in heaven. Everyone's gay in heaven. Everyone's bisexual in heaven. I wrote that song about my son. He fell off the balcony while I was high on cocaine. Did he? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know you were a dad. I knew you were a daddy, though. Yeah, you know. I never wear protection. I just think it's it's so funny, because I, w- I started checking out these names, like, as soon as they'd pop up, because I wanted to find, like, more concrete evidence of how these people died, because I'm reading, like, four or five articles about the curse at once, and, like, one thing is saying, like, one thing is like, oh, they were stabbed, or, like, oh, they were shot, or, like, oh, they killed themselves. So I'm, like, trying to research, and the first one I get to that actually has their own Wikipedia page and actually has some writings on them says, no, they definitely didn't die because of this house. Totally refutes the... (laughs) Yeah, okay. Love it. So, and another guy I couldn't find anything on. The house was then bought by an American by the name of Charles Briggs in the 1900s, and he ended up leaving Venice. Can you guess why? He's American. He left Venice. No, because of rumors of him being gay. This is the big gay murder house. You said he was American, though? Yes. No, I know. I was just... Re- yes. Yeah. No, I'm saying yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's gay. Yeah, no, he left because he's gay. I yeah. get it. Uh-huh. And then uh, he fled to Mexico with his lover, where they both committed suicide. Hmm. Says who? <sighs> the internet? Yeah. I couldn't even find anything about him, like, outside of they articles about the name. curse. Yeah. So, I mean, I probably, I would have to, like, go to Venice and, like, pull up. You have to go to Mexico and get the death records. Oh, that's true. You got any gay deaths? Do you? I mean, they probably have plenty. Strangely enough, I actually stumbled, during this research, I was researching one of the deaths that supposedly happened in or around the house, Mm -hmm. and I found an entire article on uh, Wikipink, which is apparently a thing. Which is, I guess, gay Wikipedia for, like, okay. gay, you know, information and stuff like that. Like, famous figures and things like that. Anal bleaching. Yes, anal bleaching. And they had, it was an entire list of what seemed to be anyone who's ever been brutally murdered or involved in some kind of, like, tragic death who was gay in Italy. And I was like, this is fucking heavy. It was a long fucking list. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like how on Metal Archives they have a list of everybody who's died... That was in a metal band, but instead of being brutally murdered for being in a metal band, they mostly just die from cirrhosis of the liver or drug overdoses or suicide. Suicides. Yeah, yeah, it's really a fun list. I just thought it was like really crazy that there was this whole list compiled of it, and yeah. I don't know. It, the internet is a beautiful and horrible place at the same time. Yeah, well, I think it's it's probably one of those things where. Well, actually, I shouldn't make bold statements about other cultures I know little about. But I guess, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't shock me that there's persecution of gay or whatever LGBTQ PRS people um, 
anywhere because like whenever there's people that are different than the norm people persecute them so that's true that's true but yeah that's kind of it's kind of it's always weird to see it when you see it all together because it's like you put names to it and then it becomes more real yeah so. um so then after that supposedly which i couldn't find any proof that he was ever actually there french poet henry d regnier Regnier. 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 I'll do the French. Oh, oui, oui, oh, Regnier. Oh, boob. They all sound like they have marbles in their mouth. Like a warm croissant. <laughs> I'll stick my dick in a warm croissant. No, I'm, I'm, anyway. Yeah. So, um, he apparently visited the house, stayed there for a little while. Turned gay. Turned gay. Super gay. And, uh, then supposedly after visiting there, got real sick and was never able to come back and then eventually died. Zero proof of that anywhere. Well, and more importantly, that's just because there's correlation. Like, there's not causation isn't correlation or however that expression goes. Just because he was there doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right. I'm, you know, And I'm sure, like, this list and all these things I read had so many things and people cut out who have been there or lived there. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you're trying to perpetuate a legend. I get yeah. it. Uh, then it sat empty until 1965. Mm, swinging 60s. Swinging dick 60s. And then this famous tenor singer named Mario Del Monaco. It's a me, a Mario <laughs> Del Monaco. Monaco. I don't know how tenors sing. I can't sing. Uh, I think, yeah, no, you nailed it. Yeah. Tenors high? Yeah, tenors are high. Okay. Uh, he actually began negotiations to buy the house. And then when he was on his way to Venice... To finalize the contract, he got in a very terrible car accident, and it had a very long recuperation after that. And at that point, he was like, I'm not going to buy the house. But that could just be because he couldn't afford it because of all his goddamn hospital bills. Or it could just be that there could be a million reasons. Like, that, again, okay... Yeah, okay. no, I mean, this whole thing is... Yeah, no, you know, no, I love it, I love it. Synergy. I'm going to do the same synergy, thing with mine. Which I love because if anyone... Has watched Hellier. I got like three episodes in just because I thought it was fun. And the only evidence they ever find is synergy. They're just picking out things like, well, this this is like this and this is like that. So like this has got to be a sign from the universe. No, shut up. You're an idiot. I think you were telling me about this before. God is so funny. Yeah, I was telling you about this probably the last time we recorded. Okay. So after that, in the 60, uh, 70s, it was acquired by Count Filippo Gio... Giordano del Lanze, Giordano Gelase. who was the Count of Turin. Oh. And then he was murdered by his gay lover, I guess just lover, Raul Balshish, 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 B-A-L-S-H-I-C-H, Balshish, 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 Count Filippo Giordano del Lanze. So he had escaped, uh, Skay. He had his skay lover. His gay skull. His skay. He had his skull caved in by some kind of blunt object. Everywhere I looked, Probably it was my different. Fat cock. Probably your <laughs> fat cock, even Sorry. though you weren't alive yet. Yeah. Ghost cock. And then Raoul fled to London, where he was murdered. So that's two. That's a twofer. We call that well, a twofer. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, if you murder a count, you're gonna get God. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And this is where I think probably the thing that perpetuates it the most comes from. Okay. Um, Kit Lambert. Do you know who Kit Lambert is? Uh, no. He was the 
producer and I think also the manager of The Who. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I hate The Who. So he bought the house and, you know, rumors on the internet that like, he wouldn't stay there. He'd like, stay down the street because he was afraid of the ghost. But... Kit Lambert was on like just a shitload of drugs. Yes, all the time. Yeah, yeah, well, that's okay. pretty much how he died. He was. Yeah. <laughs> so he died of a cerebral hemorrhage after falling down a flight of stairs on the night of his death. He was seen <laughs> drinking profusely and probably also doing drugs at a popular Kensington gay nightclub. There's a gay thing again. Uh oh. This is all about the gay agenda. Yeah. It's the gays that kill. Here's my favorite part. You know what the name of the uh, gay nightclub was? Uh, the cock trap. El Sombrero. Oh. Yeah, sexy, love that. right? That's like a, that's slang for, um... The hat. No, the condom, the Jimmy hat. Is it? Well, I would presume. We have to find some people who are uh, Spanish Well, because, uh, yeah, but I mean, but they're in Italy. If you guys speak Spanish, yeah, but he wasn't in Italy when he died. He wasn't? No. Oh. He was in America. Oh. So, while he was there, according to... Many people, at the including gay club or at the at the at the hotel or at his house, at the at the at the club, okay. including Townsend, who was a member of the Who, yeah. who may or may not have, I believe, touched little boys. I don't know, can't remember. I think he had chi- a little KP on his computer. I think was yeah. he was doing research. I believe. Okay, <laughs> I was, uh, that was his claim. That was his claim. He was doing it's for, research. It's for the new How- Who album. Yeah, the Who touched kids. Yeah, we're we're. <laughs> We're partnering with Michael Jackson. Ooh. Ah. Love that. Here. Go watch Leaving Neverland. No. If you want to be real sad about yeah. music that you're going to continue to hear everywhere you go. Yeah. Side note, after all this and like his like music's being pulled from radio stations, uh-huh. they pulled the Simpsons episode with him in it. Aww. It's no longer in syndication now because of the documentary. Yeah. I keep seeing other things like Michael Jackson pop up that aren't anti-Michael Jackson. Like, the new Devil May Cry came out, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was done by Capcom or somebody, like, took the character model of Dante from the new game, but they made him do a Michael Jackson dance, and I was like, ooh, that's bad timing, guys. It's <laughs> real bad timing. Yeah. Japanese love Michael Jackson. Though. Yeah, they do. So anyway, while at this gay nightclub, <laughs> he was beaten up by a drug dealer over an unpaid debt, which probably contributed to him falling and well, yeah. Dying. So he also, got a cerebral, he was real fucked up. Yeah, he got a cerebral hemorrhage because a uh, drug dealer beat the shit out of him. He probably had internal bleeding in his brain and was so and fucked up. And then fell down steps. Yeah, right. So I don't even understand. Yeah. The old, the old drink, drink, snort, snort, punch, punch, whoops a doodle down some steps. Yeah. Classic. A Tuesday night. Yep. Uh, and then in the 80s, <laughs> or a th- Wednesday morning, am I right? In the 80s, the house was bought by a businessman named Fabrizio Ferraro. Ferraro. Inventor of Fabrice? Yes. <laughs> and he moved in the house with his sister, Nicoletta, which is a super hot name. Yeah, and I totally bet they were banging. Yeah. You don't move into a house with your sister named Nicoletta and not be banging her. It's Italy. Yeah. Yeah, you know? You know? That's hot. Now I'm horny, so keep going. Yeah, oh, I'm going to keep going. And then... This is really going to get you off. And then he lost all of his assets, went totally bankrupt. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, what a right, bad right. boy. And then yeah. his sister ended up dying in a car crash. I bet. She was yeah. probably riding some big fat Daldo. Yeah. And just big fat Daldo. <laughs> That's how they call him in Italy. Do you, do you want to hear a fact? Sure. Um, never mind, I forgot it. <laughs> cool. Good fact, Ben. Yeah, Too bad we. Be a it was segue. actually. It was so. It was so powerful that we're gonna. We we clearly we excised it from the recording. 
You're not. You didn't hear that. I remembered fact. it. I remembered it. Dog food lid, right backwards, uh-huh. is dildo of God. <laughs> While that doesn't mean anything, it is technically a fact. <laughs> yes, it yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. We were gonna end that in, so it's seamless, right? Well, later, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, the next owner was another businessman named Raul Gardini. Now, what constitutes a businessman in Italy? You just have a briefcase. Where at times at a time, yeah. If you work past two on like three days out of the week, you're a businessman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep all going. you drink is wine and and espresso. More and, wine. Yeah. And 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 fuck girls who still live with their parents. Mm. And you promise that you'll take them away, and then you move to Venice and leave them behind. Yeah. And then live with your gay lover who suicide murders you. Yeah. Well, this guy is actually kind of famous, so. He was involved, and I really didn't go into it, but he was involved in, like, some huge scandal in Italy with, like, the Italy's government and everything, and he bought the house to renovate it for his daughter, and then after this whole scandal happened, like, he lost all, all his money and everything, and then he committed suicide. A lot of the things that I read about the curse that he committed suicide in the house, wrong, it was in Milan. Okay. According to his Wikipedia, because he also had a Wikipedia article. So sure. yeah, the yeah, real yeah. downfall of this is some people Wikipedia. were famous enough to that they had Wiki. their own Wikipedia article, yeah. and then I found out they didn't die in the house. Yeah, but you figure that, you know, yeah. So 20 years ago, or even 15 years ago, before everybody had a smartphone, you could go and some tour guide in Venice could just tell you whatever they wanted. They'd be like, oh, Pete Townsend shagged some little kid to death before he fell down a flight of stairs in this gay murder house. And you'd be like, oh my god, I didn't know that about Pete Townsend. And now, you just Google it while you're on the thing. Wow, someone's going to skip right to this part and be like, oh my god, <laughs> Motel broke the case, yeah, Pete Townsend dude. is dead, and he molested somebody. I don't want to call us truthers, but we ain't... We ain't uh, yeah, we're out we're, here... We're not liars. We're out here saying the things that people on Fox News are afraid to say. Yeah, you know? think about that. Alex Jones is afraid to say the real yeah. truth. Alex is Jones is a gay vampire. Fact. My God. Yeah. Frogs are all gay. Fact. Dildo of God. Yeah. Fact. 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 Dog food makes a dildo. But if if you guys have any interest, I I didn't really want to put it in here because it would be this whole other tangent, but the whole scandal that happened with, like, the Italian government, I think, was very interesting. I read into it a little bit, but it didn't want to go into, like, the whole thing. But he's definitely dead, and he definitely committed suicide, and he definitely owned the house. Cool. And then, <laughs> the in the nineties, guess who almost bought the house? Kid Harrington. No, but that would be cool. That would be cool. Anyway, no, it was Woody Allen. Oh, and he ended, he ended up pulling out at the last second. Yeah, I bet. And Squirted then, all over his underage cousin. Yeah. Whatever mm. she is. Mm. So. The oh, final no. death for the house was 2002, and... The house that kills. Bassist Oh John my god! The house that of the dead. No, 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 no. Uh, no, the house of the dead. Like the video game. Yeah, but I don't think... It'd be cool if there were zombies. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I'll edit this so it sounds awesome. Yeah, no, no. House of the dead. Yeah. So, bassist John Entwistle, who, strangely enough, the original bassist of The Who... Stayed there for a week on vacation, and then he eventually died of a heart attack. Probably not long after it, but I don't know. 
I couldn't find exact facts. His his Wikipedia page isn't going to be like, yeah, he totally, you know, stayed at this fucking house in Venice and then died soon thereafter. No, because it's not facts. Crack for ten years. No, but I mean, the thing that kills me is it uh, kills me. Um, Zing. Now, is the is house? It, is it the house? No. Is that what uh, kills you? Yeah, we're, we we'll probably die at some point, and we'll have talked about the house, so we'll be connected. I mean, that's like the joke of it is literally. If anybody stayed there for any amount of time and then died, which all people do, entropy, etc., then it's somehow they died because of the house. Like it's just the house was also bo- made. Uh, it was also born to kill. Built in the 1400s, right? And most of the people who I could who actually there have find, died. yeah. Well, right. It just so happened that like this one woman's, you know, the his daughter, the uh, Giovanni Dario's daughter, ended up killing herself because her husband died. Right, well, that's my point. Like, there, it's literally, it would be like looking at any house that's 400 years old and then finding out every person who died who ever lived in there at some point and finding out that, like, yeah, life is generally tragic and people die of, like, stupid shit all the time and then somehow saying that the house is cursed. Like, it's just absurd because literally all people die. Yeah. That is what happens. So... If we say they stayed in a place and then they died, so like the place killed them, it makes no fucking sense. I just love it. I love this. To be like, fair, I'm there, not upset. there was there was one that is <laughs> there was this town that I was considering doing. Uh-huh. I can't remember where it was or even its name, but apparently it's bad luck to say its name. And I was like, I probably shouldn't, just in case. You know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah, I sure. I don't want to. I want to like. Yeah, curse you know, anybody. Yeah, I got a baby at home. Yeah, in Zimbabwe. Like, die on my way home was from it recording. The town of Zimbabwe. Yeah, it was the town of. Mm-hmm. Oh. But it was funny because they, they everyone refers to as that town like like he who must not be named. Yeah, and someone's like Voldemort's, and everyone in the town's like. <gasps> anyway, the house was bought in, or the property was passed to an American company in 2006 on the behalf of an unknown buyer, and is currently being restored. Cool. So there it sits. As far as I know, no one else has died, and that's all I got for Plazo Dario. Hmm. Love it. Fantastic. Great job. Thank you. Incredible. Everybody says so. Thank you. Okay, so great job, Ben. I appreciate it. I'm inspired. I'm moved. Like the American people. Uh, we should go to that house. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, we could stay there. Do some cocaine. Yeah. Off each other's bones. Yeah, get a little boy to... Never mind. <coughs> yeah. Please continue. So, I did Isla de las... Muñecas, the island of the dolls. That sounds sexy. Thank you. Have you been practicing? I have been practicing. So I spent a little bit of time earlier when I was at work practicing my Spanish pronunciation. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I already forgot how to say this next part. So just south of Mexico City, between the canals of Xochimilco. So, Xochimilco. Xochimilco. It's, uh, it's X. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is Antonio Banderas in the room right now? I know. Zorro. Uh, now it's, it's becoming Russian very quickly. Um, so it's X-O-C-H-I-M-I-L-C-O. Xochimilco. Um, you can find a small island with a sad background, which was never intended to be a tourist destination. But yet it is. Okay, so this was fun because it was so dumb, but also pretty great. So, I'll tell the legend first, and then I'll get into sort of the actual facts of it. So, the so the island is called the Island of the Dolls, because it's this tiny little island amidst the canals and, and, and waterways of this district. 
south of Mexico City that's like famous for its waterways and canals and all the rest. And one guy lived on the island for 50 years and took care of it. And in his time living there, he collected and displayed hundreds, if not thousands, of doll faces, doll heads, doll bodies, doll arms in various degrees of disrepair and cohesiveness all across. Basically, they're tied, they're nailed, they're they're strung from trees, and it's now when you go, there are just these thousands of dolls. It's like as if it was all flowers or something else, but instead they're just terrifying plastic and porcelain dolls. I, I know of this place. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm unfortunately a person who enjoys watching ghost hunting shows because they're ridiculous. It was, it was featured on Ghost Hunters. Yes, so. and I believe it was also on Ghost Adventures and probably a bunch of other ones. Yeah. But. Yeah, so since 2001, this it's it's enjoyed ex, uh, exponential growth and visits. Yeah, and interest, etc. Um, I'm trying to think of a better way to say it, but basically it's blown up. And lots of people have gone there now for travel shows, for ghost hunting shows, for all sorts of stuff. So the the legend is basically that Don Julian Santana, Don Julian Santana, or Julian Santana Barrera, uh, sometime in the early 1950s. Now it's not entirely clear because there's not like any scholarly research basically on this, right. and there's a small museum on the island that might have some more, but much like your gay death house. Um, I'm sure that the information available on the island is all about supporting the myth rather than giving you the facts. But Mr. Uh, Julian Santana moved to the island and found, he claims, the body of a dead girl. And she was in the water, drowned, and whether he tried to save her is slightly unclear. It sounds like he found her dead, tried to resuscitate her, but to no avail. And then shortly, a matter of days, if not the same day after, a doll washed into the same area and he took the doll, assumed it was the girl's, and tied it to a tree as a sort of memorial to the girl and to ward off other bad spirits and to appease hers. And as time went on, over the next 50 years that he lived on this island by himself, he started to collect more and more doll parts from the canals and the garbage and the, the towns around the island. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hung them throughout the trees of the island. So What was his first name again? His name is Julian so, Santana Barrera. So Julian. So, like, could you just imagine, like, he's walking downtown with just, just like, a big sack of doll parts. And like, hey, Julian, hold on, I got, I got a foot for you. I got a foot for you. Here you go, buddy. He's like, thanks, man. We're going to go down this to a tree. It's going to be real nice. Yeah. So if you Google this, you will see many, many pictures of it. They look, it looks creepy in the way that uh, that scene in the original Toy Story when all like the messed up toys show up yeah. is creepy. And I'm sure when I was, you know, if I was 12 or 13, I would be terrified. At this point, like, unless I see some really heinous shit, I'm unmoved. We live in New Jersey. I've been drunk or high or fucked up in the woods and found some weird shit so many times that, like, I'd probably be more interested than scared at this point. Yeah. But it it does look creepy in the classic sense of creepy. I think what's most effective about it, knowing the legend of it, is that it's a single guy who did this over 50 years. That part seems to be true. Um, but to tell it as if it was, the legend goes that after he found the deceased girl, 
he began to hear whispers, footsteps, and anguished wails in the darkness of the evening. Even though he's... This is just Julian just watching Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, he He's did have he did have a really nice Betamax player in his hut, but no electricity, so he was only able to manually spool the tape across the magnetic head, and the picture never arrived. And the screams you heard were his own from trying to watch Star Wars. Maybe he had Star Wars dolls that he found. And, no. Okay. I looked at a picture of every single doll on the island. Not every single them, doll. Not one of them was Boba Fett. Literally every single doll. Every doll. And none of them were that three-eyed sort of mook, uh, the guy who's in Jabba's, Jonski, Jabba's palace. Three eyes. Kind of got like a horse face. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Wait, no, are you, are you, is this a bit? Did you really look at a picture of every single doll on the island? No. Oh. I have to work. So, anyway. All right, damn. So he began to hear these whispers. These footsteps. That's imagine that's a foot. Yeah, that sounds like. And these anguished whales, ah, ah, uh, deep in the forest, and he lived. You know, he lived on the island by himself. The island is. Uh, there's no fucking measurements for it, but. Um, I'd love to know what the whispers are like. Nicholas Cage is an underrated actor. Nicholas Cage is an excellent actor. And he's like, is it true or is it not? Um... Anyway, there was nobody around to make them, and so he was sort of driven by this this unseen force that moved him to collect more and more doll parts. Almost like a Winchester house type deal? Yeah, almost like that. Um, and then in 2001, he died and allegedly was found drowned in the exact same place that he had told everybody for 50 years he found the dead girl. And as soon as he died, everybody was like, oh, cool, we can come here now. And people have been showing up in droves pretty much ever since. So Hashtag no filter, hashtag doll island. Yeah, hashtag thank God for the... And it's 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 an interesting coincidence that both of our locations are canal-oriented. So basically, there are a lot of... Um, the equivalent of a Mexican gondola rower boat. Well, I could go boatman. into about how um, a lot of supposedly... Haunted places have uh, flowing water around them that's supposed to help charge the energy and blah, 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 and you don't care about this. Please continue. Yeah, I don't. No, no, but I mean, I'm happy <laughs> that that's true in the sense of people believe that. Yes, but yes. Anyway, yeah, so Mexican gondoliers um, have to bring people on El a... gondoleros? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, they, they take people on these gondola trips or the equivalent, you know, again... Um, it's not, I don't have that specific, whatever they call them in Mexico, in this district, there are these larger trips, and there's an increasing interest for tourists to go as part of these gondola trips uh, throughout the canals and the islands of this district of Xochimilco. So I feel like sexy. I'm getting, I feel like yeah. I'm getting pretty close to it. Yeah. Xochimilco. Uh, it makes, it's still going a little Russian, but like, it makes me feel drippy. I know, I'm drippy. Um... They take them there, and now they're making bank. And like I said, so they've converted the hut of Mr. Don Julian Santana into a... It's basically his original house, and then there are two additional buildings. I don't know if they were built or if they were just storehouses he had on the island, uh, but they've turned it into a museum. They have some of his original dolls 
that are separate than the ones that he hung up around the trees, uh, specifically his doll, August, Augustinita, his quote-unquote favorite doll. And there are people that come that both work there and people that come to sort of worship or what have you. They'll change the, the clothes for the dolls that are in the house, the ones that weren't like used as sort of a mixture between warding off evil spirits and appeasing the maybe evil spirit of the maybe murdered girl. And people will place offerings and money and things like that in front of the dolls in exchange for miracles. And the, the and magically, the spirits take the money and it's not there the next yeah, day. Yeah, so the, the place is referred not to, at least in local folklore, they refer to it as a charmed place rather than just a straight cursed place. Because even though there is this tragic, allegedly tragic origin, uh, you know, now it's a, it's a place of also positive superstition. And basically, it's just good for tourism. So, you know, I would say it's a charm for them. They have to essentially maintain practically nothing. It is a very cool story. Sure, yeah. and but I don't know if any of the war, doll warding word considering he ended up dead in the same spot. But. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing with all that. So this is kind of my take on it. So there, his family believed that that the the death or the dead girl was never he never found her, and that never happened. And they don't understand. They think basically he was mentally unwell, maybe suffered from some kind of schizophrenia or something like that that created an ever progressing illusion that he was constantly trying to appease, hence like dedicating 50 years of your life to collecting doll parts to hang around an island that you live on by yourself to keep the screams at bay. So I feel like there's probably a decent amount of credence to give that because that seems like the most likely plausible, real yeah. yeah, you know, plausible explanation for the behavior. But it's also one of those where he was a weird, uncomfortable guy to be around, but since he essentially lived by himself and just otherwise collected trash out of canals, everybody was like, fuck it, whatever, do do your thing, bruh. And um, so that is... so the And then in addition to the idea that he died in the alleged same place that he found the girl, I don't have any information on who reports that, right? Because whoever finds... The, the dude probably is dead in his house from old age, and instead of, like, that being this boring-ass story, although they could turn it into the dolls killed him or whatever, um, no, it's like, oh, he was found drowned, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he could have drowned in the canal. Like, a million things could have happened, but, like, that's the best version of the story is 50 years after he finds the girl, he winds up dead there It's a himself. very good story. Yeah, it's compelling. So, and the, the whole other thing, and I sort of glossed over this, just because, like, for me, I don't believe any of this stuff, so it's so... I sort of... I, I might be missing the point for some listeners... But now people who visit the island say that when they go, and even when he was still alive, though there was significantly less tourism because he lived there and he was probably like, get the fuck off my land in Mexico. Get away from Josie. That's my dog. Uh, yeah, now you're Danita. next to Heather. Get, rid, get away from Don't Heather. Don't my dogs. Um, I guess technically he is Southern. Yeah, well, true. So people say that the, the dolls will move their heads, move their eyes, you know, blink, whisper, et cetera, et cetera. If you're there at night, you can hear the spirits, all that bullshit. I, I was, I didn't have the time to watch the Ghost Hunter episodes, but I also don't know that I could have done it because that shit just is like so ridiculous. They're all fake. They're yeah. all very faked. 
So I found this information. This is from the Wikipedia article. I don't know how true this is, and I don't really understand what they mean as far as it relates to when uh, Julian set up shop here, but it says, Santana was a neighbor of the Barrio de la Asuncion, Asuncion, where he used to go to drink pulque after having sold his vegetables until, due to superstitions, he began to preach the Bible, being expelled from the sector. So, like, the way that sentence reads and is set up, I don't understand if he went to, retreated to the island um, after he was expelled from Barrio de la Asuncion, or if he was preaching the Bible after he found the dead girl or whatever. But there seems to be, I'm sure there is a reason for his seclusion on the island. But to get back to the sort of interesting, just nature of the area. So apparently, do, being that it's a canal area, um, it's extremely good for wet agriculture. They, in this area, they do what's called chinampa, which is this water-based agriculture where they have shallow, rectangular, or square sort of flower beds that are partially submerged in water, and then they grow whatever crops in there. And this area around this island is extremely fertile. So it said that in 1987, an eco-tourist rescue was made and the island was found covered with water lily. Now, I don't know what an eco-tourist rescue was made means. Like these, unfortunately, the information I was able to find, it seems like some of the stuff was translated from Spanish into broken English and some of it was just not backed up by anything. Mm -hmm. So there have there were people, though, throughout the history of the island that were there prior to uh, Mr. Santana being there and during the time he was there. But apparently it's exceptionally rich in water lilies and just like an exceptional place for agriculture. And prior to him moving to the island, Mexico Mexican filmmaker Emilio El Indio Fernandez made his film Maria Candel Candelaria there, which was a really big deal film it was one of the first internationally recognized Mexican films. It was about uh, that general area of Joshimilko. Joshimilko. It's, it's still Russian, yeah. But yeah. Um, anyways, it was originally supposed to be called that. It was about the people, like the indigenous people of Mexico, the beautiful nature of the country, all this stuff. And the island was featured prominently prior to it being filled with uh, dismembered dolls. And is an important landmark for that reason too. And apparently that's one of the most beloved films about Mexico from a Mexican director ever. And is one of those wonderful things when you're doing research like this, you just like see some stuff and you're like, well, this has either got a hyperlink or I feel like I should check this out. And I Googled it after I originally did the research and was like, oh, I should check that film out. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. Like, a, you know, it's, it's probably a lot of melodrama and humanist nature, whatever, whatever. But would kind of be cool to see Mexico in the 40s compared to what it is today. Because it's, especially the Mexico City area is one of those metropolises that's undergone such a massive upheaval and transformation. Especially yeah. with their earthquakes and things like that. So, yeah. Is the island cursed? Probs not. Nobody else has died there. There's no. There's nothing other than basically girl shows up dead, guy fills island with dolls. Well, I'm surprised because like this type of, of cursed place, because there's like a few other places I looked into. There's this ghost town somewhere in America that I can't remember the name of, but essentially they lost a bunch of money and it became a ghost town and then 
there's stories where if, you know, you take something from this place, like, you'll get into a car accident or something bad will happen. I'm surprised there's, like, been nothing like that, but I guess people are respectful enough to not take anything from the island? Yeah, it seems to be the... I'm sure that people have taken, you know, doll parts here and there, but it sounds like people, a lot of people bring dolls to the island. And again, it's one of those... I think that the community protected the sort of island and the fact that he lived there. Like, it's crazy because it's not 10 years or 20... It's 50 years the guy lived there and did this that... It's such a unique situation. I'm sure that the community is pretty protective of it. And unfortunately, in a lot of, I don't want to say less developed, but like less wealthy countries or countries with more upheaval, both of which Mexico qualifies as, it, they're not always able to protect their assets in the same way. It's like tons of Aztec stuff and Mayan stuff was just in ruins or, I mean, it's obviously in ruins, but in no way protected nice. or cared for or anything uh, until like the past 15 or 20 years uh, yeah, you, you know in like the government- Ireland and and Scotland and England with all their old castles and shit and those are all pretty well upkept and stuff there's not yeah. really too much issue with graffiti and stuff like that right. whereas i've heard i've never been there so i can't fully attest this but i've heard stories of people who have been to Egypt and the great pyramids and have said like there's just trash all over the desert all sure. the time yeah and you know it, it's they're like protected because they're they're a one of the seven, world wonders yeah, yeah wonders of the world but like the stuff around it is like it, yeah it looks Giza's like rough crap. like yeah. and I've seen pictures where you know it's not it's the area around it is not taken care of it's really just the pyramids sure so there there is a website for the island itself and they have information they have basically the story as it's you know told in its best way. Uh, and then actual information about visiting. So what they say is, if you take a trainera, trainera, uh, which is the, I think, gondola, That's directly to the island. I know. You're getting closer. Thank you. Uh, the trip shouldn't last more than two hours, depending on your departure point. Please note that the major boats do not have the Isla de la Monecas on their itinerary, and you will need to ask specifically for a boat that will stop there. The island is not very crowded during weekdays, but the canals can get a bit overcrowded during the weekends. You also find a small bar on the island. Oh, cool. They have a bar, too. Usually, the price of a boat trip is calculated on an hourly rate and is around 200 pesos or $15. In- I love that you can get a drink while you're visiting Creepy Doll Island. <laughs> yeah, 50 cents <laughs> as of 2012. Prices may vary. Be sure to ask in advance how long you will take to reach the island to avoid unpleasant surprises or six-hour-long journeys. And there is still some negative superstition about the island. Some people may not take you. But essentially, it sounds like every day it's more and more incorporated into the tourist culture of the area. We should go. Area. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me. I will. I don't want to get into this too much, but my friends who I stayed with in when I was out in Oakland, Piedmont, uh, that area, a couple weeks ago, they went on a big trip to Mexico City after their son went to a big trip in Mexico City and the surrounding area and had just nothing but great things to say about it. And part of it is now you can just Uber everywhere and Uber is the safest and easiest and cheapest way to travel to the point where it's like, oh, I need to walk six blocks? Fuck it, I'll get an Uber and it costs like $2 and and then I know I'm like good. And it's not like where you used to get in the taxi and I'm like, oh, let me stop at this shop, my friend, blah, 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 you know, all this kickback, this, that, and the other. Mm. It's Uber, so it's it's all just... It's one of the nice things about globalization. It's not always great. Most of the time it's bad, but sometimes it's kind of good. Um, they say it's it's really wonderful, and they're like incredible restaurants to eat at for 
super cheap prices and really nice accommodations. Same thing. Motel Hell's going to Mexico. Yeah, it's called Exploiting Poor Countries. And, but not really. I mean, tourism is a totally valid industry, and that's how many countries survive. So, Motel Hell's going to Mexico. <laughs> anyway, do you want to move on to your next one? I do. My next one's short. And it's in our backyard. Yep. All right, so this next one's going to be short. I did it in part because I covered the surrounding important cryptid slash legend previously. I picked the Cursed Blue Hole of New Jersey, which just sounds like, well, uh, also known as the Devil's Puddle. <laughs> that just makes it sound cute. Yeah, I know. Devil's Puddle. De Devil's. Devil had a little axe and made a little puddle. Oh, little devil cut a puddle. So. That sounds sexy. The cursed blue hole of New Jersey is found in the Pine Barrens, which we discussed in detail in our episode about the Jersey Devil. But for those who don't know New Jersey or the Pine Barrens, the Pine Barrens is like a short, stubby forest of pine trees in sand that basically used to cut across about half the state from Mercer County and even further north mm -hmm. all the way down to essentially like the bottom of the state pretty much where it turns into marshland and is a uniquely weird kind of a forest. Uh, it always feels weird being out there. It's beautiful. Yeah. And if you if you're especially if you're from like south or central Jersey, then growing up that was all the ghost stories, all the bad stuff like, "Oh yeah, no, my brother's brother went out to this place and he saw they, some devil worshipers." Yeah, yeah, they were they demons. were mudding and they saw the Ku Klux Klan in the trees and hooded figures and I don't know why we're talking like this, but yeah, you know, basically all these backyard rednecks have a million and one stories, or they go out there and get trashed and whatever, whatever. Or it's a bunch of stone kids who are looking for the Yadko ghost, but that's another episode. Yeah, or they were trying, what's that, uh, Apple Pie Hill, Apple Pie Tower? There's a bunch of fire towers. Apple Pie Hill, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. You can If you go up the tower on a clear day, you can see New York. You can see Philadelphia, but like on a really clear day... You can see New York. Yeah. And I skipped all this stuff when I was a kid because I was too busy just getting high where I was rather than going further away to do it. And uh, also, I didn't believe in no Jersey Devils, so I was not interested. And now, I'm like, I missed out on quintessential growing up experiences in New Jersey. I love those woods. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Accurate. Mm -hmm. They are good. But I want to I wanna crush this blue hole. I want to just mash this gash. Sloppy blue hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, native people of the region have long known of the Blue Hole. They believed it was formed from the tears of, woman, of a woman crying over her unfaithful lover. That's dumb. Yeah. And there was a great <laughs> amount of lore attached to it, although it seems to be both a blessing and a curse. So, uh, there are a variety of legends that surround this Blue Hole. It says that the waters uh, contain certain medicinal qualities... Or that the waters contain evil spirits, that the waters contain uh, secret currents that can suck you down, hidden whirlpools. Uh, it's said that the blue hole is a bottomless pit. It is the gateway to hell. It is filled with dead bodies. It is uh, formed from a glacier basically digging a big hole and then melting in the ice age. Apparently the mafia hides bodies in it. Yeah. The mafia hides bodies in it. And, uh, generally allegedly is surrounded by high strangeness and paranormal bullshit. And, you know, but 
it's hilarious because that, that I read four different articles. One of them was from a fucking radio station website. Um, one of them was the Wikipedia article. And then two other ones were like basically Strange Jersey and... Weird New Jersey. Yeah, Weird New Jersey, whatever. And uh, some other shit like that. And there's really not... It's just people saying that there is these things, but then there's no... There's like no written nothing. Like, you know, and I'm sure that if you live in the Pine Barrens or are in that general vicinity, but it's like, I've never heard personally of the Blue Hole and its spooky killings and whatever. Really? Yeah, so, but I'm, again, I'm not yeah, really you know, you really, you weren't a big woodsy guy. Yeah. I loved going in the woods. Well, see, it's funny because I did, like, I had all my birthday parties in the Pine Barrens, but it wasn't, like, this was all cockamamie to me and it was uncool, where, like, now I care, but growing up I didn't, so I missed We used to get high and just get lost in the Pine Barrens, or any woods near us. Yeah. But, I mean, I've heard stories about, like, you know, it's, like, always cold and even on a hot day, but, but, I mean, it's groundwater, and if it's deep enough, like, it's going to be fucking cold. Yeah. And, like... But it's, like, real deep, but then somebody, like, tried to dive in, and they hit their head like it was shallow water and almost drowned. Yeah, no, you're, you're, exactly, yes. So, this is exactly the shit that people say. So, um, it's a supposedly bottomless pit of frigid water that is simultaneously a natural wonder, a scientific oddity, a layer of ghosts and cryptids, an alleged portal to other dimensions. It's a strange, nearly perfect circular pool of frigid water approximately 130 feet across, which open upon closer inspection proves to be almost completely clear, with azure water totally devoid of any vegetation living in it. Now, of course, azure water doesn't... It, it can't be clear in azure water. Blue. It can be clear and blue. Yeah, right. So it's, you know, we all know that water is blue because it reflects the sky, etc., etc. So, yeah, let me just... Let me touch on a couple little more stories, and then we'll get down to the brass brass tacks, brass facts. Facts tax. Facts tax. So, uh, there are reports of flashes of light like lightning from something deep down within the water, flickering orbs or shadowy shapes flitting about under the surface, inexplicable noises rising from the depths, and rogue whirlpools that move about the hole, almost if it as if actively searching for people to drag down. There are stories of young women who were said to be lured into the water by some mysterious, irresistible force and who would go to live beneath the water in a submarine splendor. There are what? other stories... Yeah, yeah. P- women just went into the hole and then, you know, they're like became mole people, but under the water. Sort of like Atlantis, but in a tiny pond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you what the, the internet tells me. So... Uh, swimmers have claimed that they felt ghostly hands try to drag them down to the depths of the blue hole. It's said to be a favorite haunt of the Jersey Devil. He goes, washes his genitals there, most likely, or whatever the Jersey Devil does. If you don't know about the Jersey Devil, listen to the episode. It's pretty dang good. We actually did. That yeah, was a good, that was a good episode, yeah. yeah. So, um... I fangirled hard on that episode. Yeah. Uh, there were... It was easier to get to for a long time, and then... Basically, there have been some reported accidental deaths that have happened in and around the Blue Hole, and just generally in the Pine Barrens, because people go out there to get trashed as teenagers. You mean they... a body of water in the middle of the woods that's unsupervised? There have been accidental deaths? No. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Well, it's one of those things, right? So, like, something that's big in New Jersey for people who don't live here is we have quarries. 
and people like to go swim at quarries. And it's also very illegal to go <laughs> swim at those dangerous. quarries. Because there's machinery in there, the ground could give way. Like, when you're in there and everything, and you can't tell how deep it is, and there's, like, sheer drops, you'll be, like, walking on a sandbank, and all of a sudden it'll drop 200 feet. Like, yeah, it's, like, one of those things, but, like, it's almost a rite of passage to get stopped by the cops right? <laughs> while going to one. Yeah, so the only thing that there are are some local police and some park rangers, but it's not like your normal park, and it's a huge area. Like, New Jersey is one of the smallest states in the country, but is... It, even though it's super small compared to the rest of the country or the rest of the states, like it's still a shitload of land and a fucking forest is a fucking forest. So, um, the part of the reason there are so many quarries is there used to be shitty iron that was refined and then also some shitty sand because it's the Pine Barrens to make shitty glass. But basically most of that heavy industry, if not all of it, I think is essentially gone. I mean, and there were still quarries for like up until I'm going to say seventies, eighties, but they, yeah, they, the machinery is still there. Who's ever seen a quarry hole? Like it's just big fucking holes and there are like big fucking diggers and all sorts of bullshit. And it's just like people jump off cliffs into these quarries and you know, like sort of general anecdotal evidence. It's like where I go jumping. There's, there's these cliffs that I jump into at the end of a waterfall trail up in Pennsylvania and, like, it's super unsafe, but you generally know if the water reaches a certain mark, you're going to be pretty good. As long as you don't, like, slip and slam your face into a bunch of rocks, which can happen. Like, you're pretty okay. But quarries are, like, way less known. They're not natural formations that are stable based on, like, erosion and weather patterns. It's man-made nightmares. And there's just... There's all of the machinery is still there. Yeah. So you, there could be something right under the surface, and you go to jump in, and boom fucking piece of rebar right up your pooper yeah yeah which is part of the reason i'm sure also secretly scared to do all that stuff when i was a kid because like my parents were like don't do that like you'll get hurt and and so there were deaths no not only at this blue puddle but at all of these places that have essentially you know the time in the 50s and 60s when can kids ran outside and played and also got diddled and died in fucking holes has come to an end and Mostly this shit doesn't happen. I mean, it's still sort of a rite of passage to party in the Pine Barrens once or twice if you grow up in South Jersey. Or just drink in the woods. Right. I mean, I'm sure PA is the same way, but... Oh, yeah. You know, I, there's so many woods just around where I grew up in, like, small areas. Like, we were very attuned to going to the wilderness to get fucked up. And, uh, side anecdote, um, we did... I went to one of those... It was the last time I ever went to one, actually. Mm. And we smoked a bunch of weed... And we went there, and I was 20 at the time. One of our friends happened, she happened to be 17 at the time. And it was us and a bunch of other dudes. And we were out there swimming. And, you know, we thought we were good. We parked, like, a little further away, so we thought we'd be good. And then, all of a sudden, a police cruiser comes driving down the fucking beach. And we're like, oh, no, this is, this is the worst. And two stadies get out. And if you've ever been in Jersey, stadies are the worst. Because they have something to prove. So they came up to us and was pretty much threatening. Be like, well, she's got to come with us because she's underage. And you guys are all getting hefty fines for trespassing and endangering a minor. And we're going to have to call your parents, young lady, and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, all right, you guys stay here. We're going to go back to the car. So they go back to their car and they come back and they're like, all right, you guys ready to you guys ready to get out of here? We're going to write you these tickets. And we're like, yeah, okay. And they're like, you sorry? We're like, yes. Is this going to happen again? 
no. And they're like, all right, get the fuck out of here. We're not giving you any tickets. And I was like, thank God. Well, because the thing that you have to understand is, so we have state trooper barracks is, now we're getting way off topic. But so they're, they're littered all over the state. I don't know how it is in other states, but that's how it is here. And the cities are good and bad. Like, not the person you want to get pulled over by necessarily, but also they're not always hard asses because... If they're like, if you're on the turnpike or 295, like they only care if you crash into somebody at 900 miles an hour. Mostly they're not going to give you tickets. They can bust your balls. It's a real mixed bag. But when they're on the fucking Pine Barrens, you know what they don't want to do is show up to court and tabernacle to testify against you because you were trespassing. Like they're, it's always about the tickets for them. They're trying to generally keep people safe, but it's the threat and being like, you're young, you're drunk, and get the fuck out of here before you, you know, crash your car in the woods at two in the morning, and then we have to fucking get you out, so. Yeah. But, yeah. So, anyway, the Pine Barrens is a very real place. Blue Hole is a real thing, and here's the real deal about Blue Hole. This is the good shit, so. I read all the fucking spooky articles, and then I read the real deal. The Blue Hole is a circular hole and is about 70 feet across. Unlike most of the other lakes and ponds in the area that are brownish due to large deposits of bog iron uh, and tannic acid, the Blue Hole has a clear water color. And that's not really explained in anything I read, but I'm sure there's some pretty basic geological explanation. So, Blue Hole is 9.9 feet deep at its (laughs) deepest. That's it. (laughs) There is sand at the bottom rather than mud, which makes it unusual, but not in the sense of it's in the Pine Barrens and there's sand everywhere. And there are essentially like sand traps, quote unquote, quicksand and other things around the specific blue hole that they're talking about, which is in Winslow Township, right on the border of Gloucester and Camden County. But that's it. It's just a 10 foot deep hole with sand at the bottom that is particularly clear. And it is a lot less popular than it used to be because, again, it's not a super safe place to swim. And most of the major... The bigger trails that went there are now no longer there. And there was a bridge, I think, that helped you get there easier that's also gone. Uh, but, yeah, that is that is my cursed place. Now, we, I guess, both know people who have had bad stuff happen to them yeah. in and around it. But as far as it being, uh, you know, voices from another dimension making people do bad stuff, no, it's just bad people doing yeah, shit. You know, it's, it's another one of those, like, weird little things. And, like, I, they're all over the country, but, like, Jersey, maybe maybe it's because they're so publicized, but Jersey has seems to have a concentration of them. And I think part of that is due to the fact that we have so much wooded area and so much of our state used to be just farmland and nothingness and woods. And, like, there's, like, the devil's tree that's up north in Jersey that, you know, when it snows, no snow touches the ground and people occasionally get, you know, chased off by a, a spooky truck. And, you know, I've, I've been to a few of the places that are in... Parsippany. That was where the other mental institution I was trying to think of was. Parsippany. Nice. Yeah. There, there's some places I've been to with Jeremiah that, that are... Um, that, like, just the experience of it was fun and it was a bit creepy... Um, the places I've been to from like we're New Jersey, we sure. went to I think it's called Clinton Road. Yeah, it's supposed to be very haunted. We drove down it isn't twice. That, isn't that where uh, Klu Klinsky dropped one of his bodies? Is it that place? Don't know. Okay, but um, we I've we've driven up and down there and nothing weird happened. The road was kind of dark. There's supposedly like a spot where you can like throw pennies and they'll be there the next day. We didn't go back the next day, but that same night 
we went to um, the, I think it's called the Gateway to Hell or the Port of Hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like essentially just like a bunch of concrete tunnels. Yeah. We didn't actually go into them because it was like legit like a 10 foot drop. It was raining out. His girlfriend at the time was wearing flip flops and we're standing on train tracks because like it's like behind this like brewery and it, it was like the That's whole area. That's up north, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole area is very creepy mainly because it was like 2 a.m. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, behind this brewery, and then there's, like, to get there, we had to, like, go up these train tracks, and there's, like, a station there, and, like, part of the brewery, so, like, everything was, like, dead silent, so it was very creepy at the time, but we had to, like, climb up this hill that was all stones, like, train tracks, hills are, and we're, like, standing there, I'm, like, we're gonna get killed by a fucking train, and his girlfriend's, like, we should go down there, I'm, like, bitch, you're wearing flip-flops. And it's like a 10-foot drop. Like, I don't know if we can get back up there. It's slippery. We're not doing this right yeah. now. But, you know, it's, it's like you said, it's like one of those rites of passage. There's, there's actually, like, a hiking trail, too, that incorporates that whole area. Yeah. But it's one of those things where I've been... I read about that place about five years ago, and I'm super interested to go just because it would be acoustically an awesome place to record. I'd be down to actually go. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much trouble we'd be in if we went during the day. Well, that's the whole thing. And it's like... And for what I want to do, it would be cool to get field recordings there, but I couldn't... Like, I'd love to record an actual track in there, like, bring a little setup. Oh, you yeah. Know? I don't know. Because they're all, like, drainage pipes, and they yeah. can get a lot of water in there. We should go anyway. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's, like, maybe, like, an hour from here. It's not that far. Yeah. But um, I'd be down to go again, and we could talk about more cursed places if we wanted, so... Yeah. But that's all I got. Yeah, so, you know, point of the story is New Jersey is the most densely populated state in the whole country, and... We got a we got a lot of people, so we got to make up a lot of legends, and we got an old state. People have been here yeah. doing weird shit for a long time, but I mean, yeah, I, for me, I read a lot of different articles about a lot of different places, and the the sort of general theme is, you know, if they look creepy, especially if they're abandoned and people died there, then they become cursed or haunted, and it's like that essentially describes everywhere that's not in a major city. Ever, because, like, you know, stuff falls into disrepair, whatever. It's like any farmhouse that doesn't have anybody who lives in it for 100 years is automatically haunted. Like, it's all... There was a farmhouse I explored that I'd never heard of it. Some people said it was haunted, so we went there one day. And there was a an actual deer leg, and not, like, a very old, decayed deer leg. Like, there's yeah. blood on the wall, like, nailed to the wall. And I was like, that's fucked up. We should leave. Yeah. Somebody did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, all sorts of weird shit happens, but it's one of those things where it's like, everything's creepy when you don't know it, and it's not normal to you. I feel like if stuff is in your backyard community, then it becomes significantly less creepy, although the Pine Barrens is slightly an exception. But, anyways, this stuff is fun, because to me, it's... What's really interesting is the sort of myth, the history of myth making that goes into making any place cursed or haunted, and the sort of desire for human beings to like tell tales to make the world around them folklore. more interesting. Yeah, folklore is fun. We've talked about it in a lot of different experiences on the podcast. Yeah, and we probably talk about it more. Yeah. So that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Find us on the Instagram at Motel Hell Podcast. You can email us at motelhellpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook. And we'd love uh, if you could rate and review us or post a comment on SoundCloud or anything like that. Anything you do helps us kind of get out there and hopefully find more listeners. As usual, we don't do Patreon. I mean, at this point, we just there's no real reason for us to do that. We're really in this just because we want to hopefully bring you 
some mildly researched information about some shit that we find to be cool. Obviously, we're in league with a lot of other guys and gals on the internet who have the same kinds of interests, but hopefully there's something about what we do that works for you. We do it simply because we have fun doing it. And if you listen and you think there's someone else that would also enjoy it as much as you do, send them our way. Yeah. Later, nerds. Later.